Hello, and welcome back to another episode drop on the Jury Room Podcast. Today we are going to feature an episode from my good friend Jacob Randall over at the Crime of Your Life Podcast. Jacob does a wonderful job with his podcast. Please make sure you go show him some love. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and review his podcast. All links to his shows will be in the show notes. Now, I have some huge announcements regarding the Jury Room Podcast. I'm so excited to announce that I am now a part of a podcast network. The Jury Room Podcast is now proudly a member of the Oracle Network. You will now be hearing this before every episode. The Oracle Network. I'm so excited to be a part of this network, and please make sure you go check them out. All links will be included in the show notes below. My second announcement is I can't I can't even believe we're here already. But this is because of you, the listener, the subscribers, everybody who's stuck around from the beginning. The Jury Room Podcast has now been played or downloaded over ten thousand times. It feels like just yesterday I hit five thousand. And that's the God's honest truth. I think I hit 5,000 around March 21st, I think, 22nd, something like that. And and just last week, I hit 10,000. So just a few short weeks later, and I'm now over 10,000 downloads. This would not be possible without you. So I thank you, and I am extremely humbled. Just keep sharing this show, hitting that subscribe button or follow button helps this show be seen. Do not forget to get your submissions in for the Casey Anthony's episodes. I'm excited to announce that I will be having Maggie from Have You Seen It for the part one on the aftermath. You can follow me on social media, send me a DM. If that doesn't work, send me an email at jerryroompodcast at gmail.com. To get your submissions in. I will also be linking to. Maggie's podcast. In the show notes. Please go make sure you check it out. It's a great podcast. She watches shows from all around the world. And puts out an episode on them. It's it's fantastic content. Stickers. I have more stickers. Don't forget to send me a message. If you want some stickers. I do have a few different types, a few different logos. Send me an email, send me a DM, juryroompodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I mean, you can get a hold of me. Just let me know where you want me to send them at, and I'll, I'll get them out to you. So with that being said, the Jury Room Podcast is now a part of a podcasting network, and I'm super excited about that super excited i just can't believe that we've already been downloaded over ten thousand times thank you i genuinely am very thankful for my followers and for my listeners thank you for giving me a platform to talk to help victims to tell their stories with that being said don't forget i have a general case suggestion form that i include below every episode 
I have a missing person case form below. Fill it out, and I would be happy to talk about them. I also have episode feedback links for every episode. I will link to all my previous episodes below. Do not forget, stay safe, and thanks for listening. Well, hey there. I'm Melanie Peterson, the host of Mask of Sanity. Buckle up, my friends, and come on a journey with me as I take you through the cases of some of the world's most notorious killers and root for the brave men and women who brought them to justice. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and hear all about the calculated madness of some of the world's most brutal killers who hid behind the mask of sanity. Don't forget to follow Mask of Sanity on all social media to stay up to date on each week's episode. Until next time, stay safe, friends. Warning. The following podcast contains mature content. Listener discretion is advised. Listener discretion is advised. When a person is reported missing, a description of who they are and the circumstances of their disappearance is published on the internet for the world to see. It's often framed as a call to action to anyone who might know something, or to those who might be willing to help with the investigation. If you're like me, you've probably spent countless nights staying up late, sifting through web pages of people who have mysteriously disappeared, and maybe you've stumbled across what you thought would be the story of a missing person. And it turns out to be just a picture and a name, perhaps with a physical description and the city where they were last seen. So you understand the empty feeling that comes from looking at the outline of a case and simply not knowing enough. Because we already know that every missing person does have a story, a story that deserves to be told, even if the details and the information we need to tell it are sometimes nowhere to be found. It's still worth a try isn't it? In the last episode of Crime of Your Life, I examined the details and information, or lack thereof, in a handful of missing persons cases out of central Arkansas. I told my listeners that I would be submitting Freedom of Information Act requests, and that I would provide an update if I uncovered anything new or unreported in the disappearances of David J. Stevens, Alan Buckles Sr., Serenity Lachey Hosey, and Margie Ada Sneed. Now, unfortunately, I haven't yet been able to find any new details regarding David J. Stevens or Serenity Lachey Hosey. 52-year-old David J. Stevens was last seen on Wednesday, December 9th, 2020, after leaving one of the CHI hospitals in Hot Springs, Arkansas. 13-year-old Serenity Lachey Hosey also disappeared out of Hot Springs just a few weeks earlier on November 30th, but we don't know where she was last seen. Apart from the physical descriptions I included in my previous episode, and as far as I can see, that's all the information we really have. And this becomes increasingly concerning as we move deeper into the new year, 
and further away from the reported dates of these disappearances, which were unavoidably recent. The disappearance of 63-year-old Alan Buckles Sr., who went missing out of Little Rock, Arkansas, was also recent. He left his home one afternoon on Thursday, December 18, 2020, to buy groceries, and no one has seen him since. Compared to the other cases we've been looking at, we've had a lot of information since the first week in the vanishing of Alan Buckles Sr. Multiple publicized searches have been held in his case, but there doesn't appear to be any new information available as of this recording. Although there has been a recent development that is at least geographically relevant to Alan's disappearance. Shortly before I published my most recent narrative, News reports started appearing online that described the recent discovery of a body floating in the Arkansas River, near a structure known as the Big Dam Bridge, in an area known as Murray Lock and Dam. This location is part of the navigation system of the Arkansas River, and it's only about five minutes away from Murray Park, where Allen's white van was discovered abandoned. The body was described as that of an older white male, around 60 years of age, and it was discovered on January 26, 2021, which was just a little over a month after Alan vanished. But within a few days of the initial reports, an identification was made, and it became clear that the deceased person was not Alan Buckles Sr. Instead, it was a different man from Glenwood, Arkansas, which is about an hour and a half away from Little Rock, and it's even closer to Hot Springs. And while the identity of this person has been made public, I won't be including their name in this podcast, as the discovery was made so recently, and my heart goes out to the family of the person, as I know they must be grieving even as I write and record this. But what I will say here is that police have not released any additional information in relation to the discovery either. We don't even know if the person was ever reported missing, it could be a terribly tragic and unfortunate, but ultimately unrelated occurrence. It doesn't look like there is any connection. Some of the physical similarities between this person and Alan Buckles Sr. are at least notable, as is the close proximity between the discovery of the body and the recovery of Alan's vehicle. If it turns out that more details are released that allow for more questions than answers, we will revisit the case in a future episode. But until then, there is a missing persons case for which I believe I have information that isn't currently available on any public website or database. And even though it may not seem like a lot, it's more than just the mostly empty web pages I've seen across the internet that tell us that this person is missing and virtually nothing else. It's information that maybe wasn't carried forward to the internet after the person was reported missing, or perhaps it was lost at some point, for unknown reasons. According to what has been published online, Margie Ada Sneed was a young woman who went missing in 1974. She was reportedly 19 years old at the time, and the city of Hot Springs, which is located in Garland County, Arkansas, is listed as her last known location before she disappeared. Her case was published on the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System on July 10, 2013, and a physical description was provided. There is one inconsistency in the details of her physical description as it appears across a number of websites. They all list her as being between 5'4 and 5'5, 
but some of them list her weight as 120 pounds versus 150 pounds. The 30-pound discrepancy may not seem that significant, but when so few details are available to begin with, everything is significant. Accurate details of Margie's physical appearance from the time she was last seen by her family would be important in the unlikely but certainly possible event that she shows up in an old photograph or camera footage from the 1970s. It could mean the difference between verifying a clue or a mere coincidence, a definite match, or a doppelganger. There is an actual picture of Margie available publicly. In the image online, you can see a woman with a knowing, gentle smile. Her face is framed by dark hair, and she appears to be wearing dark clothing. It looks like it could be a senior yearbook photo. Although there isn't a lot to observe in one small image, and you can't judge a book by its cover, it's easy to look at the picture and see someone kind, smart, and capable. Someone who was just starting out in life before vanishing into the 1970s, a decade during which it seemed like a lot of young women were going missing without any explanation. But maybe that's the reality of every decade, or rather, every day. Apart from my own interpretations of her picture, Everything I just told you is essentially the sum of what you can read on the internet about the disappearance of Margie Ada Sneed. It is what I believe to be the total of what the public has had at its disposal in order to engage with this case, and to at least attempt to solve it. At least, it was until today. I was surprised to receive a response within a few days of submitting my Freedom of Information Act request. From my understanding, that's not typically how it works. I haven't made a request like this before, and to be honest with you, I didn't even really know what I was doing. I'm just a guy with a podcast, and I have a lot of admiration and respect for the victim advocates and other true crime podcasters who put much more time and work into these kinds of requests, as they often have to wait quite a while before even getting a response. But in my situation, I was very fortunate to have the assistance of the Hot Springs city clerk, a woman named Harmony Morrissey. She was just incredibly helpful, and apart from my beginner's luck, she's probably the only reason I'm able to do this follow-up with the additional information I now have. So thank you, Harmony. Now, the pieces of information I have are small, but we're going to go through them one by one. The document I received from the Hot Springs Police Department is actually a record from July 9th, 2013, which is the exact date Margie Ada Sneed was reported missing, nearly 40 years after she was last seen in 1974. Her case was sent to NamUs the very next day, and it doesn't appear that she was ever reported missing in Arkansas prior to 2013. I don't know for certain if this also means that she has never been reported missing anywhere before, but that's what it looks like. And this raises the simple question of, how does that happen? How does someone go missing, never to be seen or heard from again, and it's only reported to law enforcement after decades have gone by? There are a lot of possible answers to the question, but in the least, this means that Margie's case wasn't some known cold case that was unearthed from a back room of dusty files. It doesn't appear to carry with it a decades-long history of changing hands between different investigators, 
or new task forces dedicated to solving the cases that haunt us. Maybe that's because this case has never had the chance to have that kind of impact. The document lists her physical description as white or non-Hispanic, 5 foot 4, and a definite 120 pounds. No hair or eye color is listed, although it is a reasonable observation to make from the photo that was provided that Margie has brown hair and brown eyes. An actual date of birth was provided as well, which was listed as July 18, 1954. Now, about the person who reported Margie missing. What I'm going to tell you next is something I struggled with initially, in terms of whether or not I should provide a specific name. But even though it's been long buried, it is technically public information. And in the past, the person has made his identity and association with the case available on social media platforms. It turns out that Margie Ada Sneed was reported missing by a man named Justin M. McCoy, who told Hot Springs Police that he was trying to locate his biological mother. A revelation which immediately adds an entirely new layer, not just to her disappearance, but to Margie herself, a person who has always been more than just a physical description, a name, and a black and white photograph. Margie Ada Sneed was also someone's mother, the mother of a son who was searching for her as recently as 2013. And from his choice of words, it sounds like he believed in 2013 that she was still alive somewhere. Justin M. McCoy filed his missing persons report by telephone, and he told the responding officer that previously he had hired a private investigator to look into the disappearance of his mother and that P.I. was at least able to determine that Margie Ada Sneed had sent her parents, Mike and Kathleen Sneed, a postcard back in 1974. Only the year could be seen on the timestamp, but it was mailed from Hot Springs, Arkansas. And there are a few easy conclusions that can be drawn at this point. The first one is that Margie had a family, two parents with the same last name, meaning they were probably married, the fact that a single postcard was sent to both parents at one residence also suggests they were married at the time Margie was last seen. And the correspondence itself illustrates a level of responsibility and consideration from Margie. She seems to have been someone who made sure to stay in touch with her parents when she was away from them, something one might typically do because they have a reasonably close relationship with their family. And this also seems to indicate that Margie wasn't actually from Hot Springs. She may have not even been from the state of Arkansas. But either way, people don't typically send postcards to their own family unless it's from a distance. Which means that for a time in her life, Margie was likely a young traveler. And whatever her reasons were for being in Hot Springs, she might have found herself to be in a place that was less familiar than her typical surroundings. The postcard is also the last known contact from Margie Ada Sneed. The last time, as far as we know, that anyone heard from her before she was never seen again. But perhaps even more significant than that was what could be seen in the background on the face of the postcard. Adding a level of specificity to Margie Ada Sneed's last known location was the image of a towering fixture in the city of Hot Springs, Arkansas the historic Arlington Hotel. 
The Arlington Hotel opened for the first time in 1875. Over the years, it's been a popular establishment with everyone from friendly tourists to notorious crime bosses. Al Capone was known to have stayed there more than once in room 443 for a period of time before his reign of criminal activity came to an end. It's also a place that has managed to attract the attention of those who investigate the paranormal, with stories of hauntings and unexplainable occurrences being reported throughout the hotel's sordid history. From a glance, though, most of that activity seems limited to changing or flickering lights, items falling off of shelves, and weird sounds. Pretty much the usual things you might hear about with a supposedly haunted hotel. But one way or another, the Arlington Hotel is part of Margie Ada Sneed's story. She didn't just disappear from the city of Hot Springs, Arkansas. It is reasonable to conclude that she was at least visiting and likely even staying at the Arlington Hotel. It seems unlikely that Margie would send a postcard from the hotel if she weren't staying there. To place a visual in my mind, I actually started searching the web with phrases like Arlington Hotel Postcard Hot Springs, and a number of vintage postcards did come up for sale on eBay. As hard as I tried, I couldn't find one from 1974. But I did find some from a number of years prior, and in the images I could see, the Arlington Hotel has always been beautiful and grandiose, situated in an area with considerable foot traffic and bustling businesses. Perhaps Margie was just passing through town. Maybe she was just visiting a relative or a friend. But Hot Springs has a long history of attracting people to its natural water springs and to an area near the hotel known as Bathhouse Row. It could easily have been the case that Margie was in town for a vacation, and maybe she had some idea about all of the experiences Hot Springs would have to offer to an outsider. Either way, we now have more than just the name of a city as her last known location. We have an address. And if we choose, we can expand the narrative to say that she may have last been seen at the Arlington Hotel, which is located at 239 Central Avenue, Hot Springs National Park in Hot Springs, Arkansas. The details you just heard and the questions they raise are the result of a single paragraph of words on a two-page document, and yet, they allow us to begin looking at Margie's disappearance in a new way. There were now four names to associate with this missing persons case, four names I could search for instead of just one. Margie Ada Sneed, her parents Kathleen Sneed and Mike Sneed, and her biological son, Justin M. McCoy. Because so much time has passed, it seems like an impossible task to locate Margie's parents. It's not impossible, but we don't even really know where they're from or anything about them. I searched for their names on multiple web databases, sometimes with zero results, and sometimes with far too many results. Verifying that we have found even one of Margie's parents appears to be tied to whether or not we can find the other and more so if they can be connected to Margie herself. Or to Justin M. McCoy, a person who theoretically should be easier to locate than his grandparents. And that brings me to something that stuck out to me when I read the police report he filed in July of 2013. When Justin described his mother in the report, he used the word biological. 
that carries a certain weight behind it. It's the kind of word you might associate with a journey to the past, to one's own roots. It means that the search for Margie Ada Sneed isn't just a search to find a missing person, but perhaps it is a search by her son to find a part of himself, of his own identity. He had the resources to hire a private investigator, and he made the phone call to the Hot Springs Police Department after the postcard was discovered. It's clear that he had a strong determination to uncover the truth. And at one time, I know he needed help. I know that because I found just the slightest trace of him on the internet. I couldn't locate Justin McCoy himself, but I did find a link to a Facebook post that mentions him and it appears to have been made by him on July 5th of 2013, just days before he reported his mother missing. You can't see the post itself anymore. It's either been deleted or it's limited to the people who saw it back when it was first published. But you can see a message from one person who was clearly moved by whatever the story was in the post, and they shared it on their own social media, 19 hours after it first appeared online. A person I'll refer to as KW wrote on her social media account that the Facebook post had 3,909 shares in just 19 hours, and the title of the post appeared as well. It read the following words, Son is seeking his mother, Margie Ada Sneed McCoy. This is the one and only time that I've ever seen Margie's full name with McCoy included at the end. Justin McCoy was searching for his biological mother. He didn't provide the name McCoy as part of Margie's name when he reported her missing to the police. But on July 5th, in his Facebook post, it would appear that he considered his mother to be a McCoy. I don't know where I'm even trying to go with this, and I don't know what any of it really means. But I have so many questions. Why was Margie Ada Sneed in Hot Springs in 1974? Why did she send a postcard to her parents from the Arlington Hotel? What prompted her biological son, Justin McCoy, to hire a private investigator and file a missing persons report in 2013? I have to wonder if it's because Justin only learned the truth about his parentage when he was an adult after Margie had been missing since the 1970s. And could it be that Margie Ada Sneed is still alive? And if not, what really happened to her? In my initial search for details, I noticed an old online message board of web sleuths who were discussing possible victims of the infamous serial killer Ted Bundy. The name and photograph of Margie Ada Sneed was presented but no one seemed to have any particular reason for associating her with Bundy, apart from the common belief that he had killed more people than he ever disclosed to law enforcement officials, and he was operating during the time Margie went missing. But there is no actual apparent thread. For any questions we have about this case, I don't think we can find the answers unless we locate Justin McCoy. And while it's possible that he doesn't want to be found, the case is still open, and I think it would be worth it to find him, because maybe then we would know if there is still a way to help solve the mystery, if he still wants any help. Sometimes a story is only told once before it disappears. 
and sometimes it disappears forever. But there are also times when the pieces of a story can be rediscovered and reassembled into a new narrative. It may not be exactly the same as it was, but it can still resonate with us just as much, if not more than what we had before. It can still revive a search for answers. It's reportedly been around 47 years since Margie Ada Sneed was last seen by her family. She would be 67 years old this year. It is so difficult to imagine that her disappearance could ever be solved with a roadmap that amounts to the name of a city, an old picture, and an inconsistent physical description. Not many people will remember Margie Ada Sneed a 19-year-old woman who went missing out of Hot Springs, Arkansas in 1974. But maybe a few more people will remember Margie Ada Sneed, or Margie Ada Sneed McCoy, a 19-year-old woman who went missing out of Hot Springs, Arkansas, a traveler who was visiting from out of town, a daughter whose last contact with her parents, Kathleen and Mike, was by sending them a postcard from the historic Arlington Hotel where, more than likely, she was staying, and a mother of a son who has been searching for her. Margie is a person who, at one time, was being talked about by thousands of people. At least for one day, people heard a story about a son who was searching for his biological mother, and they shared it with others across the internet, and likely across the world. As it stands now, it's not a story dripping with details, twists, and turns. There is still so much we don't know. The information I've provided in this episode feels new, but the truth is, it's really not. It's just been left untranslated and buried or erased. It was hidden from view. But it's not hidden anymore. And to ensure that it's never hidden again, I forwarded the details I covered in this episode to the National Missing and Unidentified Person System, and I'll be sending it to other databases as well. Hopefully, even with knowing just a little more than we did before, we can begin to remember the disappearance of Margie Ada Sneed. We can remember today, tomorrow, and for however long it takes until we finally uncover the truth. And while the reality is that we may never uncover it, we may never actually get to that point. At least now, maybe we're a little bit closer. If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Margie Ada Sneed, please contact the Hot Springs Police Department of Hot Springs, Arkansas. This episode was created with the help of multiple news publications and online databases. Source citation is included in the show notes. The music for this episode was written and composed by me, and the artwork was created by Chaz Kaufman. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I want to give a special shout out to my listeners across the world. Whether you're in Australia, Brazil, Canada, South Korea, the UK, or if you're here in the United States. Wherever you are, I am so grateful that you've taken the time to listen to my show. If you like what you've been hearing and you want to stay up to date on the podcast, you can follow the show on Twitter and other social media 
at Crime of Your Life. You can also support the show by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com slash crimeofyourlife, and you'll receive exclusive access to bonus episodes and additional audio. And you can email me directly at crimeofyourlife at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. My name is Jacob Randall, and you've been listening to Crime of Your Life.